Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast, Get Relationship Smarter with me, Sheila McIntosh-Stewart. I'm always asked to give Get Relationship Smart tips given what I do. So one day I had an aha moment and thought, why don't I start a podcast? What better way to use my voice and share my unique insights, experiences and know-how to help us all get relationships smarter from my five life prisons of being a divorce lawyer, a relationship coach, a divorcee, a single mom, and also from my hard-earned lessons and failures of turning pain to gain in the university of life. I would love you to come along on this journey with me to get relationships smarter and catapult your relationships to the heights of fulfillment and contentment. So let me start by asking you a few important relationship questions, which may or may not be something you're experiencing or even thinking about, but really should be. First question, are you relationship smart? What does relationship smart even mean? How do you get relationship smart? Second question, are you in a strong, healthy relationship? What does a healthy relationship look like to you? Third question, how do you rate your happiness in your relationships out of one to 10? Do you want to improve it? Next question, what is your love language? Do you know what your partner's love language is? Next question, are you struggling to talk to your other half about no-go and awkward questions like money, sex, and things that bug you? Next question, are you sleepwalking into a divorce? How do you even recognize the ominous signs. Next question, how do you talk to your children about divorce? And last but not least, how do you keep your relationship fresh and passions burning bright after decades of marriage? Now, these are some of the typical questions I get asked every day. If you are already asking these questions and puzzling about these questions and other burning relationship questions that you haven't managed to crack, then you have come to the right place. Why? Because I will be tackling these and many other types of everyday challenging relationship questions in these podcast sessions to help you figure out how to improve, boost or manage your relationship better. Or if you're in a trouble relationship or a relationship in decline and you need some smart answers as to how to exit gracefully, then I can help you too. So please join me every fortnight because believe me, it won't be time wasted. As we get to know each other better, I would also love to have more interactive podcast Q&A sessions with you. So please drop me a line at sheilamack at getrelationshipsmarter.com to ask questions and also to share your thoughts and any strong Get Relationship Smart tips we can share with everyone. I would really love to hear from you. In this episode, I want to share with you three things. Firstly, who I am. Who is the Sheila McIntosh Stewart? Secondly, what I mean by Get Relationship Smarter and the importance of Get Relationship Smarter. I will also share some takeaway Get Relationship Smarter tips with you. I'm super, super excited to be doing this podcast, one of my very first. Yay! When I saw my podcast icon and landing pages on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple, I squealed with huge delight. Yay, yay! But I really am such a learner swimmer in this very sophisticated world of podcasting. And wow, I have had to learn to swim so fast 
and smart to launch this podcast. I really couldn't have done it without any of my fabulous social media team. And I want to have a massive shout out. Thank you to my two lovely girlies, Ali and Lizzie, and also to the terrific Joe and Ella for helping me with all the tech and other tricky stuff too. Thank you so much. Love you to bits. And I really wouldn't have done this without your creativity, love and support. Let me start first of all by telling you who I am. Who is Sheila McIntosh Stewart? To make it easy, let me share with you five bullet points Sheila McIntosh Stewart facts before expanding a little further on on each fact. Firstly, I love the color red. It gives me joy and is considered lucky by the Chinese. It is not immediately obvious, but I am actually of mixed Chinese and Indian heritage despite my double-barreled Scottish surname. Secondly, I am a doubly qualified lawyer, an ex-barrister and divorce solicitor with three decades of experience. Thirdly, highly unusually also, I wear another professional hat in that I'm also a relationship coach. Next, I'm a proud mom of two sensational young ladies, Ali and Lizzie, my social media gurus, and I'm a married lady to the wonderful and very tolerant James. Last but not least, I had the most colorful and unbelievably extraordinary childhood growing up in the tropical jungles of Malaysia, aka Miss Mowgli, as I'm sometimes called. And now a quick whistle-stop tour of a short and brief history of Sheila McIntosh Stewart. I love the color red, as I mentioned earlier. And as you can see from my jacket and my flowers, it is also the color of love and passion and the color of luck and prosperity to the Chinese. I'm sure that being half Chinese has subliminally influenced my love of the color red. And also, who doesn't want to be lucky and prosperous? I certainly do. The red herring of my long and tongue-twisting double-barrel Scottish surname disguises my other half Indian heritage. But my name, spelt Sheila with two E's, is a dead giveaway and luckily in Sanskrit means good character and conduct. Next fact, I'm a doubly qualified lawyer and an ex-barrister and divorce solicitor with 30 years experience under my belt. Can you guess what is the most frequently asked question when people meet me and discover what I do? The question is, Sheila, how do you sleep at night being at the sharp end of other people's misery and desperation? It must be so awful. Of course, it goes without saying that it is absolutely heartbreaking and hugely upsetting to see divorce staring at my clients and the knock-on effect and trauma and pain it often wreaks on them. But in reality, if the wheels have come off a marriage bus and it cannot be saved, then divorce is inevitable. I always encourage my clients to settle their divorce privately themselves without using lawyers, but many cannot do that for so many reasons. We know that there is no shortage of divorce lawyers and they often have a bad rep because of a very few bad pennies doing lousy jobs and souring the pitch for the many who do excellent work. They say death, divorce and moving are the three most stressful life events and having experienced two of them, I can vouch for that. Divorce is life-changing Emotions and tempers run very high and can affect judgment and rational thought. 
So you can see why having the right, highly skilled, specialist divorce lawyer like me in their corner, protecting their interests, is not only highly beneficial, but also very reassuring. And all the while, my eyes are firmly fixed on the main goal of helping clients to exit their marriages in a fair and balanced way with minimum pain, delay, costs, acrimony, and with maximum amicability and harmony. People are very curious about my work as a divorce lawyer, and I'm very happy to pull back the curtains and shed light on this very complex area of work in another podcast episode. So please stay tuned if you'd like to know more. My next fact, unusually, I also wear a second professional hat as a relationship coach. What? I hear you ask. I've never heard anyone being a divorce lawyer and a relationship coach. How can you be both and why? Surely it's bad for for your divorce lawyering business to, to be a relationship coach. Aren't you doing yourself out of business? Yep, you heard correct. A divorce lawyer and relationship coach, that's me. In fact, I think I'm one of a kind in not only helping clients to part amicably, but also working to try and help them stay together and divorce-proof their marriages too. As for doing myself out of my divorce lawyering business, I say, so be it. There is a much bigger price to pay here in stemming the tide of divorce. And also having seen the trauma of divorce on children, I also want to do my bit to avoid that if I can. Plus, big plus, being a relationship saver is pretty cool stuff. So why did I become a relationship coach? Several reasons. It would appear that making marriages work against the odds is in my DNA as evidenced by my parents, love story and years of happy marriage despite his family's disapproval of their mixed marriage. Secondly, I thoroughly enjoy coaching and mentoring, especially young people and women, and help them develop their soft power and leadership skills. And relationship coaching was a natural progression and a natural extension of my divorce law work. How did it happen? It was a gradual process. I was, I'm surrounded by everyday trickle of troubled relationships and getting real insights and patterns of relationship breakdown and contributory human behavior, I decided to put these valuable insights and knowledge from these very unhappy experiences to much better use and apply them in a positive way to help other people repair and heal their struggling relationships where possible. So my business was created because I noticed two fascinating reality gaps in my clients' behavior in their troubled marriages. First, I noticed that some divorces were actually avoidable if couples had been relationship smarter and relationship savvy enough to recognize their troubled marriages and reached out for help much sooner. Secondly, some clients chose to divorce without properly exploring if their marriages could be saved or even before pushing the nuclear divorce button. Now, that was very surprising to me that they were totally unaware of the true understanding of the life-changing impact and consequences of divorce on them and their families. Interestingly, but sadly, many have confessed to me afterwards saying, if only I really knew beforehand what divorce meant, I may not have gone down the divorce route. How sad is that? 
There was also the small issue of my own painful divorce reality and the hard but useful lessons learned, which I felt would be of help to many listening to this podcast. So armed with a combo of all these factors and having had my own relationship smart toolbox filling up very nicely, I decided that my journey to help us all get relationships smarter and the rest, as they say, is history. Next fact. I'm a super proud mom of two amazing young ladies, Ali and Lizzie, who are happily trailblazing in their own unique ways. They continually inspire me with their creativity, tenacity, laser focus, and determination. I also got lucky to find loves again second time round and now remarried to the lovely, easygoing, long-suffering hubby James. Believe me, I have, like many of you, experienced many of life's ups and downs as a divorcee, a working single mum, and I'm happy to share these experiences with you too in later podcast sessions. Last but not least, I had the most colourful, carefree and simply extraordinary childhood growing up in the tropical jungles of Malaysia. Born in Singapore to an Indian dad and a Chinese mom and into a loving and close-knit family of four children. I then spent my early childhood in the jungle and rural parts of Malaysia with wild animals, snakes, monkeys, elephants and tigers as our neighbours. We learned to be jungle savvy. We had to be careful where we played, like learning to stay clear of coil cobras in grassy tufts, staying clear of large trees to avoid being attacked by rogue monkeys, sharing the loo with insects and bugs the size of adult palms, befriending the local indigenous people, the orang aslis, as they are called in their loincloths, to name but a few. Living in the jungle was certainly my quick springboard to acquiring valuable life skills in being resilient, resourceful, and very importantly, learning to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. I started out my early education in the Malay language in Malaysia and went on to get an English secondary education in Singapore. I then got on a jet plane aged 18 to come and study law at a London university And I first qualified as a barrister and then I re-qualified as a solicitor, working jolly hard after that for 30 years to build my professional career as a divorce lawyer and lastly, a relationship coach. Along the way, I got married. I had two girls. I juggled lawyering and mummyhood often badly. I got divorced. I became a single working mum, and then I remarried. And today I'm happily chatting to you in this podcast. As time is short here, I can't tell you all my jungle stories, so I will be putting out many short vignettes, short form videos of me sharing my highly unusual and colorful backstory, including my upbringing in the jungle and my journey into law on various social media platforms like Instagram, YouTube Shorts and TikTok. So be sure to catch them all to hear some fun, entertaining and illuminating stuff. In this section, I want to explore what I mean when I say, let's get relationships smarter. What does it mean? Why do we even need to be relationships smarter? How do we become relationships smarter and why is it important? I will also talk about some of the valuable takeaways from this podcast to get relationships smarter. So what does it mean to get relationships smarter? 
it is certainly not just a slogan or a soundbite, but so much more and so vital to not only our mental, psychological and physical health, but most importantly, the health of our personal and other relationships. Quite rightly, we spend so much time talking about and focusing on our physical, mental, emotional and psychological health, but our relationship health doesn't really get a mention. And that is what I am focusing on this podcast. Our relationship health and getting a relationship smarter is a great way of boosting our relationship health and well-being. Do you know what my first few coaching questions to my clients are? Firstly, how do you rate your relationship satisfaction and happiness? And secondly, when was the last time you carried out your relationship audit or MOT and properly discuss what works for you, what doesn't in your relationship and how you are actively working on improving those areas? Many people just look askance as if I have two heads when I ask those questions. What on earth is a relationship audit, they ask me, scratching their heads in puzzlement. They had never even thought about it, let alone worked on it, or even know how to go about carrying out their relationship audit. Many just let their relationships limp along, heavy with unspoken dissatisfaction and unfulfillment, and sadly, they just don't give their relationship enough priority, focus, care, attention, and simply don't do enough work to ensure they have robust, healthy, resilient relationships, often to their detriment. Now, most people only come to see me as a last resort when things have become intractable and they can't fix it themselves. Seriously, it's a no-brainer to regularly check up on our relationship health and discuss, polish up and improve our relationships so that we don't live energy-sapping lonely lives or become victims of divorce. We carry out annual MOTs on our car to check if all is in good working order. So why don't we do the same for our relationships? It's mind-boggling that we don't do it as a normal part of our relationship health. Again, I will explore these topics of relationship audit at a later podcast. So let me share with you what I mean by being relationship smart. You will have heard the expression work smart. Well, being relationship smart is the same idea of being fully present in your relationship and fully living in your best relationship through the good and not so good times whilst embracing the reality that all our relationships will inevitably change over the passing of time as our life situation and circumstances change. And we ourselves change too. I certainly was far from being a relationship smart young lady when I was first married. I made so many mistakes and had to learn the hard way to adapt and grow when I became a wife, a mom, and then a single mom, and from dealing with the other life failures too. But along the way, I've picked up more than a few relationship smart tips, now carefully added to my relationship smart toolbox, which on this journey, I would love to share with you. Let me now tell you a story to better illustrate the importance of getting relationships smarter and the pitfalls of not getting relationships smarter. The names are all fully disguised. Tilly is my client, a 40-year-old full-time mum with two kids. Her hubby Sam is a breadwinner, smart and very controlling. He tells her what to wear, who to see, what he wants for supper and he drip feeds her with tosh about her being stupid and boring. 
Tilly is very accommodating and dutiful and doesn't complain as she hates conflict. But 10 years into their marriage, she says something inside her just snapped. She's very unhappy, lonely, and unfulfilled to say the least. The marriage is energy sapping and her home, which was meant to be a happy place, is now far from it. She thinks she wants to leave the marriage, but is worried about whether she should or if she has the energy, mental strength or courage to do it as she has no money. She doesn't know how to support herself and her kids and he has destroyed her self-esteem and confidence. At 40, she says it is also extremely difficult for her to go back to working as an accountant. I asked her if he behaved that way when they met. She said no. She was a working girl and on a good salary and they had an equal say in everything. But after they married, she decided to give up work as they agreed she would be the homemaker and he the breadwinner. I asked her why this change in his behavior and the relationship dynamics turning bad over time. She said quite a few things. The gist of it was as follows. Firstly, she said, I loved him more than he loved me at the start. And he played on that to control me. The concept of one partner loving the other more is a common theme in many relationships. She went on to say, I desperately wanted to make him happy and please him. And so I did everything he asked and he got used to being boss man and I couldn't change that dynamic. Now, people pleasing and lack of relationship boundaries are another common unhealthy relationship dynamic. She said that when she gave up work, he took full control of her expenditure and their finances and she often had to go and beg for extra cash to buy things for the kids. Yet again, another common unhealthy relationship dynamic arises where usually the wife gives up work and in doing so hands over financial power and control to the hubby, creating an unequal imbalance of financial power. Last but not least, she said, I hate any conflict of any sort and would rather have my arms cut off than to fight. So she never raised any issues about the things that made her unhappy. And yep, you guessed it, another unhealthy relationship dynamic. Sadly, Telly's story is a fairly common story of the type of unhealthy relationship dynamics I see in many cases. There are meaty relationship issues highlighted in Tilly's story, and I will delve into more detail on each of them in future podcast sessions, so please stay tuned. If Tilly had been relationship smarter and had the right tools to hand to manage and navigate her relationships at the outset, she may very likely have avoided being in this unhappy situation. There are many important lessons we can draw from Tilly's story about being relationship smarter and its importance. Let me just pull out a couple for you now. Firstly, our own relationship health and happiness is very much our own responsibility and in our hands and in our control. We absolutely need to be proactive in making our relationships thrive instead of just being reactive when when relationships don't go well. So being relationship smart is being in your relationship driving seat with your hands firmly on the steering wheel and driving at a speed and pace that suits you, taking necessary comfort breaks and having an equal say and control in your joint direction of travel and destination. Sadly for Tilly, she chose instead to be a passenger, giving hubby the keys to their relationship to control her direction, 
speed of travel and the ultimate destination, which is divorce and only reacting to the unhappy turn of events afterwards with its massive downsides for her. Secondly, being relationship smart is about understanding and proactively filling up, sharpening, fine-tuning the right tools and picking the best tools for our relationship toolbox so that we can have easily accessible know-how and through constant practice we can build healthy connections, habits, boundaries and routines and go on to have the most rewarding and fulfilling relationships that we deserve. So what are some of these important relationship tools? Let me give you a few examples. Firstly, how to communicate the tricky language of relationships smartly and not manipulate or be manipulated. Secondly, how to tactfully raise and tackle awkward and difficult relationship subjects like money or sex without causing hurt or anger. Thirdly, how to create boundaries to give ourselves to our partner, but also maintaining a separate identity. Next, how we prioritize our relationships rather than letting it become a poor relation in our list of priorities. And last but not least, how to love kindly, caringly and compassionately and grow together instead of having our confidence and self-esteem be squashed by harsh critical words. I will also delve further into each of these topics in future podcast sessions, so please do join me to hear my thoughts. There are so many relationship podcasts, so why did I choose to start this podcast? As mentioned earlier, what better way to use my voice to share my insights and experiences from my unique five life prisms and once it's been downloaded to you, everything is easy if you know how. I very much hope this podcast will be life enhancing and will empower you for so many reasons. Let me share three of those reasons. Firstly, relationships as we know are far from easy and relationships need work, effort, practice, know-how, and very importantly, a growth mindset. People are colorful and complex and no relationships are perfect. From my work, I know that many of us just have an okay relationship at best, not particularly happy or fulfilling ones, but we just muddle through. But why? The reasons I hear are, we don't know how to fix it. I can't be bothered. I'm sure it'll get better. I hate conflict and would rather avoid talking about it. Did you know that the number one predictor of our life satisfaction, happiness, personal fulfillment and well-being comes from having happy, fulfilling relationships? And yet we lack the proper training and preparedness to know how to be the best spouse, partner, parent, sibling, friend or colleague. We often don't have the ready answers or lived experience or the confidence to handle and navigate through tricky relationship situations. No one has properly taught us how to be relationship smart. We are just meant to guess and make things work by trial and error. Now, if we are lucky enough to have nurturing, supportive parents who can give us some guidance on how to create blueprints for healthy relationships, that is fantastic. But if we have toxic parents, it often has the opposite effect. It is shocking but unsurprising that we are ill-equipped to handle our relationships. I trained for five years to become a barrister and a solicitor and then spent 30 years practicing to be an expert in my field. Yet, 
How much training did I have to be a good spouse and mum? Virtually zero, which is a shocker. The next reason is a fact, and that is that no one is immune from breakup. Every one of us is susceptible to breakup, pain and heartache. I know this being at the sharp end of it every day. Statistics also speak louder than words. With one in three people divorcing, I know I was one of those statistics. And I also know that the other two of the three who are not divorced are not particularly happy either. So doesn't it make sense for us to make every effort to be relationship smart? Three good reasons why I would love your company every fortnight on this podcast. Firstly, our relationships with ourselves, our families, loved ones and others are the cornerstones of our lives. And if we don't get it right, we suffer. Everyone I know aspires to have the most healthy, fulfilling and rewarding relationships, but often struggle to manage it. I discovered the hard way that failure to prepare is preparing to fail. And believe me, a little bit of effort and intervention can go a long way and can make all the difference in our relationships. I also know how time poor and stress rich our lives are. And I know firsthand that it is often our relationships that suffer as it tumbles right down our list of priorities. We are also living in tricky times with a cost of living crisis and many struggling with money and their relationships are suffering too. And relationship coaching is a luxury that many can ill afford. So let me ask you this. Why muddle through and limp along and settle for a relationship that is just okay? Life is short, so why not make it taste as sweet as possible and cut out the bitterness? Wouldn't you rather live fully and have the most magnificent and glorious relationships instead? I have seen too many bad relationships that are utterly soul-destroying with many regretting that they didn't fix it sooner. In fact, I was one of those people and I don't want that for you. Why be a divorce statistic like me and my clients? You can so easily learn from our mistakes and avoid making them too by joining me on this podcast and picking up more than a few tips to get relationships smarter along the way. As I said, everything is easy if you know how. I very much hope you will dedicate and use this time each fortnight as a gateway to listen on Spotify and Apple or watch my podcast on YouTube to get relationships smarter with me, Sheila McIntosh Stewart. You'll be coming away a little wiser and definitely relationship smarter. Finally, although the focus here is mainly on love relationships, acquiring these relationship soft power skills are transferable to other non-love relationships too. In this final section, I want to share with you some get relationship smart love in action tips you can take away to use in your relationships using a hot off the press relationship story as a hook. So what is this hot off the press news this week? It is the news that despite having a good relationship, our Prince and Princess of Wales, Kate and William, have spats and a very creative way of venting their anger. Yep. While some couples throw plates at each other, it would appear that our future king and queen have pillow cuffs, i.e. throwing pillows at each other during fights. Pillow cuffs is not quite my style, but clients tell me that throwing objects can be very satisfying stress and tension reliever. Food for thought. 
Does the way we fight reflect the type of person we are? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So please email or DM me on Mac at getrelationshipsmarter.com. The author Robert Jobson says that in private, Prince William is said to be a sensitive and emotional character with a short fuse, fiery temper, and prone to snapping and tantrums due to his frustrations. The author Tom Quinn says that Kate's strategy is to treat him like a fourth child because William can get very shouty when he loses a fight. I also gather that they both give as good as they get when they disagree and they do raise their voices. But it is said that because they know each other so well, it blows over quickly and Kate is said to be a major calming influence on William. The last sentence really piqued my interest because it is clear that Kate and William are relationship smart enough to know that a big part of fighting smart is making sure the fight blows over quickly and not have the after fight sulky, sullen, resentment and silent treatment creeping in, which is a big red flag in many unhappy relationships. One of the real tests of relationship strength and resilience is looking at the way couples fight, i.e. how well they master the art of handling and managing the conflict and very importantly, resolving their issues in a healthy way, clearing the air and moving on quickly without feeling unhappier afterwards. In my work, many couples struggle to master the art of fighting well and moving on. I have observed that those who master and manage conflict resolution smartly have in place good ground rules and habits built around their personalities and communication styles. Of course, no one size fits all, i.e. what works for one couple may not work for another. So everyone needs to figure out what works best for them. So what are some of these good ground rules and habits? Let me share a couple with you. Firstly, not letting conflict phase them and mastering the art of fighting smart is a big step. Accepting that they will never see eye to eye all the time and that conflict is okay and very much part of everyday healthy relationship is very important. The fact is no couple will ever agree on anything. All marriages, even healthy ones, disagree over issues like money, in-laws, friends, sex, faith, priorities, and we all make mistakes. Do you know that it is not actually the conflict itself that causes relationship problems, but how we fail to handle and manage the conflict in a positive, constructive way, including the language and the tone we use? A very good example is the way we tend to use the word you at the start of a sentence before fighting and use hurtful blaming words and a harsh tone of voice, leaving the other person feeling hurt and defensive. So saying things like, you are irresponsible and lazy and you never get anything done on time. So what do relationship smart people do instead when they fight? They tend to be more careful in choosing their words, gestures, tone and behavior. So instead of starting with a you, they use the word I, for example. I feel frustrated that you didn't take the bins out because when you did that, I felt ignored by you. You see how much softer and gentler that sounds? It takes the heat out. There is no blame, accusations and attack on the other person and explaining why their feelings to explain their actions means that the other person is more likely to also respond in a positive way and end the fight quickly. Secondly, 
Relationship smart couples also tend to be more selective in choosing their battles, recognizing that sometimes peace is better than being right. I'm not referring to those who avoid raising difficult issues as an avoidance tactic like Tilly in my story earlier, but those who choose not to fight after weighing things up and making a judgment call that having a fight to prove a point can end up being a hollow victory. I will also explore this in more detail in another podcast. I will now end the section by sharing my philosophical thought of the day. And this is it. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy to get relationships smarter, but I'm telling you it's so going to be worth it. It's never too late to get relationships smart. That's it for today. I hope this episode was enjoyable and given you a lot of food for thought in helping us all get relationships smarter. If you have any great tips you would like to share on how to get relationships smarter, I would love to hear from you. So please get in touch. Also, please be sure to sign up for the Get Relationships Smarter email, which will have a summary of points raised in today's podcast with an actionable Get Relationships Smart tip you can take away and apply to your relationships. This is Sheila, and thank you for your company. Until the next time, take care, nurture yourselves and your loved ones with love and kindness, and come along on our journey to Get Relationships Smarter. That's it for now. Thank you. Bye.